Now, I have a, a lengthy reading here tonight. Um, I'm going to get through this as quick as I can, but I'd like to start in verse number 8. Verse number 8 of Ephesians chapter number 5. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. But have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest in the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And this is really what I want to talk about here in the next several verses. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. And Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. There's a mouthful right there. And there is a world of understanding right here, verses 15 through 17. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And I want to talk to us for a few minutes tonight about the value of time. The value of time. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for your people tonight. Hardworking, godly, sacrificial, God-loving, God-fearing people. I pray that you speak to us tonight in a special measure in a special way, I pray that you move among us the power of your spirit, and we won't fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What is time? Why don't you just kind of ponder that question for a moment? What is time? In preparation for this, I kind of ran that through my reverse osmosis thinking. What is the definition of time? Well, to me, attempting to define time is a little bit like trying to define life. 
It might be better to actually give expressions of what time is and what life is rather than trying to give a definitive, accurate expression. But such are the limitations of human language that we do not have a definition for everything. But yet time is a reality. Better, I would like to say that time is reality. Time is reality. Whether I'm in reality or not is another story. But time is reality. True time is true reality or existence. It can be measured and it can be experienced. It can be divided. In short, where there is life, there is time. But time is not restricted to life. Because the Bible declares unto us when this time ends in this body, the time will continue. It's called eternity. And so, in terms of the spectrum of explaining time, our minds were not designed by God to comprehend eternity. There is nobody that can explain infinity except in some scientific explanation or definition. Because we cannot comprehend infinity, we cannot comprehend eternity. We only comprehend the present, which means we do understand time. But we only understand present time. This might sound slightly philosophical to you, or it's another study called ontology. I can't help that because to be God's people, we need to thoroughly understand the value of time. And we can't understand the value of time until we can come up with a relational understanding of time. When we get outside of the present, which you and I were designed for the present, we can only dream of the future. That is your imagination. The human soul has various components to it. And these components are designed in such a way that they can understand time. Time that is past has a relational part of your life is called your memory. But the future or time that has not yet happened or experienced, the part of our nature that deals with that is our imagination. So we can imagine or dream about the future, 
but we remember the past. But we are designed by God for the present. You have two eyes, two ears, two nostrils. Your body was designed in such a way by God that you are facing forward. We were not designed with the eyes in the back of our head. Our eyes are looking straight ahead. And so we are designed by God for the present. Both life and existence have characteristics, for lack of a better term. There's probably a better metaphysical term, but I don't have it right now. And that is, is that time has both quality and quantity. Not time in and of itself, but the subjective experience in time, which bringing that down a little bit closer to where we can understand is, is my time with you tonight will have a duration, will have a quantity, and it will also have a degree of quality. That's important. But the reality of it is the Bible teaches us that all of us have a limited amount of time in which we can engage the present. The Bible tells us that it's appointed man once to die and then the judgment. Where's that scripture found? Come on, man. You're a national Bible quizzing champion. That's okay. You're still a champion even if you don't know where that scripture is. And I'm just having fun because you're sitting there. But the reality of it is, is that the Bible says that it's appointed man wants to die. We all have a divine appointment. Okay? And so uniquely, all of us have been granted by God this elusively powerful realities, both life and time, in that we have been granted a lifetime. Now, if we are not careful, we will allow forces, some within us and some without us, to sabotage our personal understanding and revelation of time. How is that done? We're going to talk about this here tonight. Time is truly unique in that once it is spent, it can never be retrieved. It can be remembered, but it cannot be restored, recaptured, 
nor replenished. It is only experienced or lived once. Which we are designed, as I've already mentioned, we are designed for the present. And you can only experience the present one time. Whereas 60 seconds ago I was over there and that is when I experienced the present 70 seconds ago. 70 seconds later I'm experiencing the present over here. And so space, locale, is not restricted to this. But time is. And time is only experienced one time. And just a slight deviation and departure from my notes that to me this is one of the most powerful evangelistic tools that we have in dealing with people. The, the problem is, is people's minds are not at a level of sobriety that they can fathom the importance of that one time. But I understand this because I have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I understand that. The quality and quantity of time may differ, differ subjectively. You can have two people sitting on the same pew. They can be going through the exact same period of time together. And one person gets the Holy Ghost and the other person does not move. Why? What happens? They were experiencing time subjectively differently. Once time is experienced, as I've already mentioned, there is a record of that moment. That is wonderfully furnished to us by God called a memory. But modern day people have come up with a camera. So now you can use a camera. Time is precious. There is only so much determined for any one person. And it is the most precious Thing that you and I have tonight is time. Because of the nature of time and its incredible value to every life, hence equaling a lifetime, stewardship of your time is extremely valuable. You will be judged by God, and I will be judged by God, of how did I, how well did I perform my stewardship of my time. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter number 5,
see ye, see ye then that ye walk circumspectly. What does circumspection mean? It means to be aware of your surroundings. A person that is not circumspect is a person that does not know what is going on around them. That can only happen if the voices inside them are louder than the voices around them. There's not a balance there. People that are not circumspect are people oftentimes that are suffering because they are not conscious. We are designed by God that we can not only, um, to a person that is healed and whole, a person not only knows what's going on within them, but they also have an awareness of what's going on around them. And here the writer of the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, is saying that we should walk circumspectly, not as fools. A fool is so caught up with his own lust that he is totally unaware of what lust is doing to other people. Or a person that is an alcoholic is so caught up with what alcohol is doing to them that they're completely unaware of the scientific research of what it's done to a person that is experiencing cirrhosis of the liver. A person that is engaging in fornication and not understanding the risk of AIDS or other sexually transmitted diseases is not being circumspect. When a person is circumspect, they are able to navigate by what they're seeing around them. And it's not affecting what's inside them. Which is why when you receive the baptism, I'm already preaching, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have more power in you than the power that is around you. And what happens when people backslide is when the power within them goes to a, low, a, a lower level than the power that is outside them, and now they're being influenced by the power that is beyond them. Oh, let's lift our hands and give God the praise. God wants us to walk circumspectly in wisdom, in strength, in knowledge. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. This was written 2,000 years ago, approximately. What does this word redeeming mean? In Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words, it means to rescue. It means to rescue time because the days are evil. It means to become a steward of your time. To manage, to take oversight of, to be responsible for 
The next verse says, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So in these three verses, we are being instructed to be circumspect, which means not only knowing what's going on around me, but no within me, but knowing what's going on around me and where I fit in what's going on around me. And to rescue the time because the days are evil. Why is this important? Time is invaluable. The present can only be lived once. It is impossible to become a steward of time without having the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And walking in the Spirit. When you don't understand who you are and you don't understand where you fit, that's not time to throw yourself away. That's time to have a prayer meeting so that you, what happens when you get the Holy Ghost is it, is it brings you back to automatic pilot. Praying in the Holy Ghost is not just so that you can exercise the gifts of the Spirit. It's so that you can understand your identity and you can operate in your identity. Why is this important? Because everything has changed. It's not like it was 40 years ago. In fact, three weeks from tonight, this will be the good old days. Everything has changed. The pandemic did a lot of things. And it would take us all night to sociologically and even spiritually try to try to pick through it and try to and, and try to prioritize this and that and this. And we're all aware of some of the major things that took place. But there has been a major shift in time. It's like it's like our culture can't even think anymore. It's like it's like there has become a, a, a national or a, a geographical and a spiritual form of reprobation in which it people don't it's not that they don't even recognize time, they don't even recognize morality. And you and I are in the midst of this. By God's design, you are here by the will of God. You are here by the design of God. You are here by the hand of the Almighty God. You are here by God. He created the end backwards, and he saw you in this time. Let's give him a hand clap of praise. You are, your life, I am not going to waste my lifetime for a world that's going down, for a world that is going to the bottom. It's time for us to redeem the time.
But we will never redeem that which we do not understand the value and we do not understand the importance of it. Time is the one thing that our lives and the church is running out of. There's plenty of blood. The blood that was shed on that cross will span to the end of the church age and beyond. There's plenty of spirit. In Acts chapter number 2, he poured his spirit out on all flesh. There's plenty of grace. In fact, there's more grace tonight because my Bible teaches me in Romans 5 and 6 that where sin does abound, grace does super abound. There's more grace. There's more blood. There's more mercy. There's more spirit. There's more of the word of God than there's ever been. But we're running out of time. Just on Sunday evening, which really kind of crystallized for me what I wanted to talk about tonight, I was having dinner with Brother and Sister Blash. Brother Blash and I were talking, and he told me about a survey that he took in his church recently that he said it shocked me. But I took a survey of our church. He has a church of about 70 or 80 people in a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri. And he said, we discovered through a survey. I want you to listen to this. This is where it's going to start getting good. He discovered through a survey that his church was on social media 18 times greater than the time they spent in prayer. He told me, he said, I felt like a failure as a pastor. I mean, he uttered those words. He said, I felt like a failure. that I'm pastoring a good church. He said, I know these people. And he he was, by this time, he was just, it was just pouring out of him. He said, there's no gross sin in our church. I would know about it. There's, you know, people have this deal and that deal, just kind of, there's always a deal or two going on. But there was no gross immorality or anything that he was aware of. And it was a good group of people. He said, I felt like a failure. That I was pastoring a group of people that spent more time on social media, 18 to 1, than they spent in eternity. And of course, 
as I listened to Brother Blash, it was already lighting a fire in me because I had been feeling some things for a long, long time. And I want to talk to you about some of these things. I believe that the day is coming that you are going to see pastors and congregations that willingly and voluntarily give up social media and news media in favor of doing the will of God. Maybe this isn't for you. I've been feeling this for a long, long, long. Pastor, where's the miracles? Where's the signs and wonders? Where's the miracles that are in the Bible and the miracles that we heard about from the day of Pentecost, which is at the turn of the previous century? I'll tell you where it was. They were spending time in prayer, not on Facebook, hooking up with their bros. But you see, it's come to a place now where God has allowed it to where the people that want it bad enough are going to say, you know what, that is how I want to spend my time. The day is coming. I really believe this, that there are going to be pastors and congregations that willingly put their smartphones on the altar and say, I don't need it. It has caused addictions, compulsions, a life under the crushing heel of shame in which their entire personality is warped from how God ever wanted it to be. It's happening right under the shadow of a cross and a pew. Just talking to you about the value of time. How you manage your time, you're going to be judged for. And how I manage my time, I will be judged for. 70% of Americans tonight have smartphones. 47% of those, of that 77%, say they cannot live without their phones. Just, just since we had started this service here several minutes ago, I've watched people on their phones. You're addicted. You can't, you can't keep your hands off it. That's okay. There's some statistics here that you'll find yourself in good company. Average smartphone users unlock their phone 150 times in one day. The average usage of every American that owns a smartphone is two hours and 51 minutes a day. Almost 60% of all smartphone users cannot go one hour without checking their phone. The average smartphone user touches their phone 2,617 times per day. More than one half of all smartphone users 
never turn their phones off 24 7 365. 71% of all smartphone owners sleep with or sleep next to their phone. 40% check their phones in the night. In 2021, the average person checks their phone 58 times per day. How many times did you call on Jesus today? But yet we want revival. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself. Maybe, maybe I'll be that one pastor. I preached this way about two years ago, and there were some people in the congregation that got nervous and said, Pastor, how will I ever get a hold of you if your phone's off? And I thought to myself, call on Jesus. He's the one that's everywhere. He's the one that's got all power. I'm the one that wants apostolic revival. I don't care what Fox News is doing. I don't care what Snapchat has got to say. I want revival. I want a move of God. And I believe there's people all over this building. You've been feeling the same way. Let's lift our hands and give God the praise. Your identity is not from the word, but it's electronically manipulated. Good stuff. Pastor, make us feel good. Pastor, tell us about how good we're going to do. Oh, how good we're going to do? You have one medical miracle in this church that is documented. And you go down and, and start telling the people in Sacred Heart Hospital. You go down to Deaconess and say, I know a church where there is a power, there is a God, that people are coming out of wheelchairs and blinded eyes are open and people over in that church are getting healed and throw, oh, come on somebody. I knew it was going to be tough. See, I'm going there. I came to Spokane before anybody got here, which means God's going to require me to take every single step. The value of time. In America, the average time on social media every day is two hours and three minutes per person on social media. One half of the world's population uses social media on average. Global internet users are on social media 140 minutes, which is almost two and a half hours per day. Adults in America spend an average of 38 minutes per day on Facebook alone, 27 minutes on Instagram. A person that uses TikTok opens their app a minimum of eight times per day and using TikTok an average of 46 minutes per day. It's hard to get people to go to the prayer room. Hard to get everybody to come to Wednesday night prayer meeting. It's too far to drive.
I'm sorry. Let's lift our hands and talk to Jesus. redeeming the time because the days are evil. Rescuing time. There are 115 million porn searches every day. The United States has more internet porn traffic than anywhere else in the world. Recently, a study was done where 64% of Christian men say that they watch porn at least once a month. I don't want anybody to lift their hands tonight. How many people prayed more than 15 minutes today? How many people today started your day with prayer? Apologize, this was a little bit more cheery. But I love him too much. I can't play the game anymore. I'm already committing myself. I don't want to say the specifics because I think that God only blesses that which is done in secret. So I'm just not going to give you the details. But once this, once this building is done over here, my phone will be shut off. For a portion of the week. I am not ignoring you. I love you. If I didn't love this church, you, you can't pay a pastor to get up and start talking about this stuff. Are you kidding me? You can't get a pastor. But see, I'm not a hireling.
I'm just persuaded that you really want to see people get out of wheelchairs. I'm persuaded you really want to see somebody get delivered from pornography instead of just talking about it. I'm talking about when we dedicate time, the most valuable thing that we possess, that you're going to see the God of glory step out of that book and said, I found somewhere where I can move and demonstrate, and people will spend time with me. People will want me. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. Let's lift our voices. Let's glorify him, praise him, love him. Desire him. Let's just lift our hands and pray for a minute. I'm just being sensitive in the moment here. This might be a perfect opportunity for some of us to begin to operate on what we've already felt the Holy Ghost nudging us. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if there's somebody here tonight. Let, let's do this. Everybody close your eyes, please. Close your eyes. Please don't look around. I wonder. I wonder how many people would be willing to start making these kind of sacrifices. Would you lift your hand? Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to be the partaker of the first fruit. So, thank you. It's not being with Pastor. I want to know who's with Jesus. If it means getting more Jesus, I wonder who's for that. I'm not stupid, Elder. 
I probably have said a few stupid things, but I'm, I'm far from stupid. I realize that going from a carnal or a fleshly position is not the best position to make a spiritual consecration or a spiritual dedication. So I urge you to take this to prayer. See what God says. Redeeming the time. You husbands, <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble on this one, so maybe I am stupid. No, that's right. I say stupid things. Wives, check how much time your husband's on his cell phone, how often he has to pull that thing out. Stay in touch with his world. I'm not talking about if you've got a project and, Pastor, I've got this deal. And I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I think you know that. I'm talking about this habitual, almost an obsession now. I can't go anywhere without my phone. I'm constantly picking it up, finding out who's trying to get a hold of me because I've got a lot going on. And Jesus is standing right there at the door and knocking. In just a few days, as soon as I can find a flip-up phone, I'm getting rid of my smartphone. Do I have a problem with pornography? No. Do I have a problem with hours? I have no social media. I'll be a partaker of the first fruit. What I'm asking you to do, I'll start it. I started doing that 27 years ago. I'm not going to ask you to do something I won't do. Well, I just don't think we should have to do that. Well, on a weekly basis, you're on all your little websites for hours. How much of that are you giving to Jesus? Redeeming the time for the days are evil. Let's stand. Let's lift our hands. And absorb the shock of this. But I came to be an apostolic end time person. That facilitates something regionally. Let's pray. Let's pray and ask what God would have us to do. What God would have us to give up. Come on, let's pray. I would expect our services, services almost to start getting deeper almost immediately. I would expect something to supernaturally reverberate almost immediately. I, I would expect something in the Holy Ghost to demonstrate almost immediately when people start doing this. God, I praise you. I worship you. I pray that you open up the windows of heaven and pour out your spirit on this good group of people. Your virtue, your power, 
your spirit, your blessing, your infinite resources. The only resources that can truly satisfy and satiate the depths of our souls. I ask it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for coming tonight. Shake hands and be friendly. We'll see you tomorrow.